Hi, everyone. You're squeaking. Sorry. I'm sitting in Victoria's living room at her house in... Where are we at, Victoria? Macomb. Macomb. This is episode seven of The Tucker Talk. And I have my first guest, Victoria Harmon. I'm going to put a little track that goes, yeah. No. It's like little kids. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Hello, everybody. Also, her cat, Caso, is in the room with us, so. Yes. Caso. Oh, he's sleepy boy today. I thought he would meow or something. Oh, that's no. nice. So today we're going to talk about money. Mm. And in particular, budgeting and finances and how to not be stupid with them for the most part. Because Victoria and I, we had a lot of talks about this when we used to live together. We lived together for like the last year of college. And I think that went pretty well. Our apartment was a money hole. It was a money hole. It was horrible. And we made... A bad financial decision right out of the gate, <laughs> living but where we lived. We learned from it. We did, and we learned a lot about how to deal with uh, asshole landlords. So this oh, is true. This is explicit, so you can totally use the oh. f bomb and stuff. Yeah. Oh, thank goodness. I just, I just, uh, I just, all I have to do is check a box. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Um, while recently searching for an apartment to live in, I made sure to notice the signs. Of a poor landlord or a poor property. I have also been doing that mm-hmm. recently. And the first thing that I noticed was the guy who had just showed me an apartment was like so sketchy. Mm-hmm. And he just felt like if I called him in the middle of the night because of pipe burst or something, he would be like, I'll get it in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I just, I don't feel comfortable renting from someone like that. It's just not. Mm-mm. No, as soon as I meet someone like that, I'm done. I'm, I know that they're not going to be reliable. And even if they're nice, if the property is not up to par, I'm not doing it, especially for the amount of money that most people were charging. Sorry, everyone had to move the microphone. Doors. Oh, <laughs> I'm, really, my gosh. I'm monitoring the sound wave. So I'm just like, is it picking her up as well? It should be. Okay. So something that I like want to talk about in particular is um, what you've learned about budgeting and like what helped you learn more about budgeting because I know when we first became friends it was not really an area of um, strong interest (laughs) well I think something that has become more and more true for me as time goes on is my dad always told me you can't make you can't spend more than you make and that really resonates with me now I think more than when I was younger um, I think really having to work to make ends meet also changed how I spend my money and what I value, I think has changed a lot over time. What I will put my money into, I would rather put my money into something of quality. I'm more of a, a I, I hate material things. Mm-hmm. So like my money always, I want it to go towards... If it is a material thing, I want it to be a material thing that helps me produce content or art or whatever else that is. Mm-hmm. So, like, I spend good money on, like, a camera or, like, a microphone, a laptop, which I use all the time, my phone. Like, when I went and got my phone, my family was kind of like, oh, I don't really think you need an iPhone Pro or whatever, or the iPhone 11 Pro or whatever. And I was like, it's something I use every day of my life. Mm-hmm. Why would I not spend a good amount? I mean, I literally use it every... It's, I use it more than anything else in my life. Of course, it's where I'm going to put the most money because I need something that's going to keep up with me and everything that I'm doing. And then, like, 
people that have a crappy phone with a cracked screen but will go spend a <laughs> no, no, I just mean like Victoria has a cracked screen. I'm a horrible person. I so, have a crappy phone. She has a crappy phone. Oh, oh, I thought you had a cracked screen. Yeah, she. Had, it's not that crap. I mean, it's better than it, what it was. Victoria That's was running true. off of a what? An iPhone five for like a long time. Like through most of college. I feel like that comes from being raised by older people. It did. It did. It wasn't. It wasn't her fault. At all they were like, why do you need a fancy phone when you can use this one just as well? And I just. It totally made sense when I met your parents. I was like, I know exactly why she has that phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, my parents have never been big spenders when it comes to things that they actually use every day. It's always been little things to... People like the hit of dopamine that you get when you make a senseless purchase that makes you feel good in the moment. People get caught in that trap all the time. And as a marketer, I kind of want you to get caught in that trap. I know mm-hmm. that sounds terrible, but like sometimes that's what I'm marketing towards is you getting caught in this impulse by and i'm finding that the more i start to like work on my own stuff the more i want people to be educated buyers and like the content i'm consuming about money is like educated buying and i think that you started doing that a lot the past couple years is like watching stuff about minimalism or or things like that like what, what kind of things do you think helped you the most sure um actually thinking about it i think the thing that changed my spending habits the most was uh being an artist uh by taking all of these studio classes um where i was building things and working with materials i learned the value of craftsmanship and i agree with you now i spend my money on quality items that i use every single day technology is a big one but I've also noticed that I want to buy more reliable furniture, foods, appliances. I want things that are going to last me a long time. And they're honestly worth putting my money into. Uh, like my car, for instance. For years, I had this terrible <laughs> old so Ford 2007. And it was just... It broke down all the time. All the time. It broke down when we went to Jacksonville, Florida, two years ago, uh, a year in ago. In the middle of an intersection. It was amazing. Yes. It, it was constantly breaking down. And I come from a family that buys crappy cars and runs, to, runs them to the ground until they can't anymore. They fix them themselves. And I just got sick and tired of it. I, I think the final straw for me was I had a really long shift at work. And I was getting off and I went out to my car and it wouldn't start. And this happened to me all the time. And I finally was like, you know what? I'm just going to suck it up and I'm going to spend my money on a good, reliable vehicle. Uh, Everyone in my family had said, just go buy like a thousand, two thousand dollar car. I did not do that. Um, I bought a car that was about ten thousand dollars. Uh, the payoff amount, though, was about 8500 and I just went ahead and did it, and the next day, I woke up and had this huge, like, panic attack because I realized I owed this sum of money to someone, and I did not have it. I do not have the money, but then I looked at the car out in my driveway and realized it is a completely viable purchase. I wholeheartedly believe I made the right choice. I no longer have that car. I no longer have that inconvenience. I drove across the country and felt very safe in my new vehicle. Uh, And 
paying that price was worth it because it made me feel more secure and I won't have to worry about paying a $600 emergency fee to a dealership in Florida. Yeah, let's not, let's make sure everyone knows <laughs> that Victoria didn't like, you know, just wait for it to fall apart. I mean, it was nickeling and diming the hell out of her, her father, everyone involved was the car was a pain in the ass. So mm-hmm. it was just a matter of I mean, I doubt you have any issues with this next vehicle no. for quite some time. I mean, I spent more money than I wanted to when I got my new car. <laughs> Let's not tell the audience how that happened. <laughs> Those of you who know us know what happened to my old car. Um, but anyway, uh, I put, like, I was sitting at the dealership, and he tells me it's going to be this amount, and I had this amount in my mind, and I'm like, mm. So I went ahead and, and paid that extra, like, $500, even though I didn't I didn't plan on it. Because I knew that that car was in great shape and I knew it wasn't going to give me any issues and it was a reputable brand where there was parts around different dealerships around here that I know I could (laughs) go get something if I needed it. And I haven't had any issues with it since I got it. I mean, really, um, I had a minor computer issue when I first got it, but it was a quick fix. And it just, that is where I would rather spend my money. I would rather have a, a nice vehicle and a nice laptop rather than a bunch of other pointless shit that I'm never going to use. No, it's true. Um, I think consumerism is really dangerous. And it's interesting that we're living in a time where Americans are forced to slow their consumeristic ways. Uh, Oh, yeah. And I think, honestly, for me, it's made me reflect on how much I was using those small purchases in my day-to-day life to avoid the real problems in my life. And I don't think that people have come face to face with themselves and what they're actually battling when they do that sudden purchase of something that they don't really need. You don't realize it until you analyze it. It's that's called buyer's remorse. That's mm-hmm. exactly what that is. And it's horrible because you go through this vicious cycle of impulse buy. I feel good. Two days later, I'm remorseful over it because I'm like, I'm never actually going to use this again. Or mm-hmm. why did I get this in the first place? It wasn't that good or whatever. Now I get buying things to try them out. I fully support that. But when you buy something knowing that you don't need it and you're doing it purely for the, you know, hit of dopamine that you're getting mm-hmm. by, you know, making that purchase, that's where your money's going. So if you're wondering why you can't budget or why you can't keep a certain amount of money in your savings, just analyze those parts of, of your of your spending and you'll find that you're spending way too much money on the shit that you don't need and that if you want nice things, you actually can't have them if you live within your means. You just, yeah, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, but in the end, the amount of stress that you avoid doing that, oh my God, it's amazing. I love, And like you guys getting this apartment that you're getting ready to move into or whatever, it, it's, it's like probably a little pricier than what you had originally had in, in mind. But when you were there, you were like, this is not going to give me any bullshit. Like, yeah. Don't you feel like, okay, if I'm, if I have to sacrifice this extra, like two or three coffees a week that I buy just to live in this place and not have to fucking worry about all the bullshit, I'll do it. And like you immediately, when you feel that it kind of like snowballs in my opinion, mm-hmm. like you start to just wait, where else in my life could I like cut out something, but feel way better about something else because you're actually using that thing to avoid the stress yes. of that other thing and you're like it's just this vicious cycle it was interesting because the last two apartments that we looked at before we ended up signing 
we had two appointments that day and the first one was for an apartment that was $850 two bedroom mm-hmm. um which we were kind of afraid of but everything else that we had looked at was not worth what they were offering right. so we upped our budget a little bit now the other apartment that we looked at that day was only $500 for a uh, it was actually a three bedroom it had like two living rooms it was a really strange setup um but the $500 one it had no pet fees or anything but it had no air conditioning we would have had to buy an air conditioning unit for it which would have hiked up our electricity bill like crazy during the summer we noticed that the heater wasn't it was very old it was from the 70s and it was in the front room so at night we wouldn't be able to shut our bedroom doors and still get heat to our rooms oh my god yeah um and then there was a lawn in the backyard that the tenant was responsible to mow themselves which obviously you and i have gone through that before right we might as well just hire someone to do it um so after evaluating the prices of each place the 500 dollar one almost ended up coming to $800, really, when we thought about it, especially with the air conditioning unit that we'd have to buy. Oh, there also wasn't laundry. We would have to buy our own uh, washer and dryer. So it was going to end up being as much as the other apartment would be. So we just went with the better option. It was going to last us longer. It had better appliances. It was more up-to-date. It had private parking. So... I don't regret that decision. No, absolutely. And that, just like you said, you're going to avoid so much stress in the future mm-hmm. getting that place. And I'm very excited that you did that because I think it's a really good decision. Um, I Actually, I was just thinking, I was pondering the thought about the lawn mowing thing because I can remember when I first thought about <laughs> the lawn mowing situation. I was like, wow, I feel so privileged having someone else mow my yard. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you sit and evaluate the time that you could be working versus mowing your own yard, how much money are you really saving mm-hmm. by mowing your yard in a, in a town? Now, I'm not saying like out in a... Well, some people do it out in the country. I used to mow yards in the country. Right. And they're, they're huge and they take like three hours to mow. But, I mean, when you're in town and it's literally like an hour out of your time to just mow a yard or whatever, why not just hire the kid down the street who's looking to make some extra cash or something like that? No, it's true. I think something else that we need to evaluate more in ourselves is what is our time worth? Because we give so many things time that could be spent on better things and I'm all about relaxing and Mm -hmm. just chilling out and watching Netflix and everything but I mean these apps that we use are designed to keep you using them and I often myself fall into a like an internet hole where I'm just spending almost all my time on my phone and you know there are so many apps that you can use Mm -hmm. or techniques you can use so that you don't use your phone as much um But I just noticed as I'm doing more of the self-employed stuff now that my time means so much more to me than I think I let it in the past. Well, and a lot of that now has to do with the fact that when you are, if you are working in a self-employed world, if you're not working, you have to be finding work. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing that, then you're not going to get work to work on. So it becomes really dangerous in the self-employed world because you're not... you, you, you're forced to. You'll never make it if you're not using that extra time to market yourself because no one's paying you to market yourself. 
Yes. You're doing that. You're paying yourself, basically, is what yeah. you're doing. It's you investing in your business. And we do. We spend money on things that we don't actually, you know, have time for. We'd rather do that and distract ourselves from our goals or our passions or whatever. But, no, I, tying that on the finances, it just... Mm-hmm. You could be making more to do the things you want to do by hiring someone to do those things that you don't want to do and maybe you aren't spending where you're you aren't putting your time where it should be spent and it's not worth your time um, lots of financial balance right now for everyone that's i didn't plan for this when i said i want you to talk with me about finances but wow are they so important right now with everything that's happening with everybody yes um i was like how crazy for those listening I had a part-time job at a subway here in Macomb and of course due to the shelter in place order and the whole coronavirus thing they closed my subway there are three in our town and it's not like subway is an essential business anyways so they closed us Um, there hasn't really been any compensation They couldn't really give me any answers of when I would be returning to work. And so I just turned to what I know best, which is art. So, yeah, you know, at first, a lot of the, like, food industry and, well, I wouldn't say food industry, but, like... Service. The the service industries got hit really hard, and which we all saw coming because, obviously, we're trying to avoid contact with one another. But I didn't think in what I would do, I would get hit... I knew I'd get affected, but I didn't know how how hard it would be. But now that this is, I mean, now that the economy is literally collapsing on itself, I mean, the business I do full-time is basically selling collectibles, Mm -hmm. and now we're in a recession. So, like... Why would anyone... Why does anyone want to waste their money on something that's going to sit on a shelf? It'll bring the value down of things. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And everyone's like, oh, but we're all online right now. And we're all, because everything I, that we do is online. But like, yeah, they're online. But right now, everyone's going to want to save their money. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure. everyone. I mean, I get the people that have boatloads of it are going to be out there spending. But no, it's interesting to me that there are quite a few people um, on the Etsy platform that are still purchasing. Uh, I don't discourage that because we do have to support small businesses and right. individuals who like myself, this is our only form of income at the moment. Uh, But I think it still goes into that consumerism lifestyle. Uh, When will we be able to stop buying? Never. (laughs) I think that there's a division of people now. There's a lot of people who, I think there's two types of people, ones that value material items and ones that value experience. And I think the division becomes greater and greater all the time. I think with generations, it'll become greater and greater. I think that we're seeing a lot more like young generations like us value more experience. Don't get me wrong, they're the pack rats and stuff in our generation, mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. And, and you can't even really blame the people before us because like my grandparents, they lived through a recession mm-hmm. at one point and so they had nothing for a long time. And then when they were able to afford things, they were like, oh my God, I have to get a bunch of things because I didn't have anything when I was a kid, you know? And I get that. It's like this almost subconscious retaliation of, well, I need to make up for all that stuff I didn't have when I was younger or whatever growing up. I think it's an illusion of safety because when you have nothing, 
you're taught that having a lot of things would make you safe and make you worthy. And so, because my parents are also from that older generation, uh, growing up in the 50s and 60s, where they are very materialistic. And it's, it's interesting how they hold on to things. And I think right now it's interesting that we're in a kind of disaster-ready sort of thing. There are people going out and buying, overbuying, you know, all of the essential items. Um, and it's not necessary. Mm-hmm. I really loved Matt Diavella's video oh, yeah, me about too. preparation and being overprepared or underprepared and your level of calm to panic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's so... I never, like, when Victoria and I planned on this, this was, like, what, a month ago? When yeah. I was initially, like, almost I want you to do... Months. Almost two months ago. And, like, there was so much stuff going on for us over the weekends. And now we're actually here. It's like, oh, by the way... The world's on fire. There's a pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, we should tie that in to what we're talking about. I mean, I said this uh, in my last podcast. I didn't really want to touch on it too much. And it wasn't nearly as bad back then. That was two weeks ago, and now yeah. we're here. I'm like, yikes. Um... But you can't ignore it either. So I think that's important that people talk about it. It affects all of us. I think it's important where you get your information from. So, But anyway, this isn't about that. This is about finance. Mm -hmm. Victoria, thank you so much for talking to me about it. I really appreciate it. She's, like, laughing at me because it's like a talk show. (laughs) It's funny. (laughs) I'm, like, sitting here interviewing her. I feel like I'm Ellen. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is awesome. So thank you very much for being my first, like, official guest on the show and, like, making it longer than 15 minutes. I'm sure everyone will be very excited about that. My ankle just popped. Ouch. Oh, (laughs) Well, of course. Thank you for having me. I don't know how in the world I'm supposed to help with finances, but... You've come so far from when I met you. I have. I used to buy a bunch of meaningless crap people. Stop buying meaningless crap. It it was crazy. Especially clothes. She would buy all this stuff and then look at me and go, I have no money. And I'd be like... Oh, no. I have no money, and I'm still sad. And I'm still still sad. None of these things that she's literally holding her hands are making me happy. I'm like, well. And then we went to the beach (laughs) with our friend Libby Crawford, and I'm sure she'll be on this podcast at some point Mm -hmm. in the near future, because she'll have to be. I have to have her talk about, like, life. Um, And I feel like that was just a proof moment of how much more experience... I'll never forget, because... The only thing I brought home was a little thing of sand and some shells. I bought literally no souvenirs the entire time we were down there because I was not there for the things. I was solely there to be with my two best friends in the world, sitting on a beach, not caring about shit. Yeah. And... That's something that I've carried with me since we did that, is I don't buy souvenirs anymore. Yeah. Um, I... I've bought a sweatshirt maybe in Italy, yeah. but most of the time I all I bring back is like a bag of sand or a bag of dirt and I put it in another jar and it just goes on the shelf of yeah. these are the places I've it, been. It only needs to, it's funny because I actually am staring at that little jar of sand that's what made yeah. me think of this and I'm like, that's what I have and that's all I need. Mine doesn't even, hers doesn't note it in everyone because she's classy like that, but mine doesn't even have a note in it, it's just literally this little 
container of sand. It was actually one I found at a thrift store. We were yeah. looking around. That was funny. It was full of buttons, and I emptied it out. Yeah. Like, literally, we walked out, and I, like, put it in the garbage can, and you're like... Savage. Okay. <laughs> it was, like, $3. I was like, I wanted the jar, but, yeah, that's all I need. I look at that, and I just... I'm there every time. Yeah. Every time I look at it, so... All right. Let's wrap it up. Oh, my God. This was over 15 minutes. I'm so excited. Oh, my God. All right. Thanks, everybody. Um, tune in again. I know I've been missing a little bit of time here and there. Shit's just been crazy. I can't. Don't do that. I can't dwell. Yeah. It's your own creation. It you is. You choose when you put it out there. It is. So look out for the next episode. It should be next week, but it'll happen when it happens. Love you. Bye. <laughs> I'm putting that in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs>